faith in our hearts. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And everybody that's being baptized this morning in some way has received the word of God. It may be through the preaching and teaching on a Sunday morning. It may be they've read the word of God. It may be that somebody's witnessed to them the word of God. But the word of God has created faith in their hearts uh, to make an open confession that they want to follow Jesus. And that is awesome. In July, we've got five Sundays. Um, and uh, we're running a little series over those five weeks called Confessions. And uh, what's going to take place is that uh, numbers of people are going to minister Christian, Julie, on July the 24th, mark it in your diary. Pastor John Partington's with us. And he's going to be speaking into this theme. And we're really believing that God's going to just minister to us and touch us and help us as we understand the power of confessing the word of God. Let me take you this morning to Romans chapter 10 and verses 9 to 13. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 to 13. They're well-known verses and uh, to many of you, and maybe you've even used them at times to encourage people on the journey of faith. It says in the New International Version, if you declare, actually that word declare, or more betterly to be, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God have raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and justify, and it is with your mouth that you confess or profess your faith and are saved. The scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. And as Christians already alluded to this morning, this is what we believe. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you will be saved. God calls us to a life of faith. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We've all had people say to us, I'll become a Christian if you can show me God. Well, all we can do, friends, is show changed lives. All we can do is show joy and hope and peace because we operate actually in the currency of the unseen. Because faith reaches out to God, it becomes sure of what we hope for, and it becomes certain of even things that we do not see. The most important things in life are not tangible, they're eternal. The most important things in life are not the things that you can touch, but the things that you press into in faith that are beyond the material realm. And the Bible tells us that faith is absolutely imperative for every person. Without faith... It is impossible to, be, to, to please God. The Bible tells us that faith is a principle. We don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. And the Bible tells us that faith grows, it develops. In 2 Thessalonians 1, it talks about uh, going, <clears throat> growing more and more in our faith. I'll come back to the text in a moment. But in this area of powerful confessions, then... I want to strike a balance. You may remember a few weeks ago, we talked a little bit about balance in the context of a message. I reminded you that if you're going on an air flight this year on holiday, it'd be good if it had two wings on the plane. Because one wing would suggest you're not going to get very far. 
And people, sadly, in Christendom at times, go to imbalance. We try to give a definition of imbalance. We're not talking about mediocrity. We're not talking about not taking steps of faith. We're not talking about not living with risk. But we are talking, friends, about living in balance. No more so with the power of confession. The word in the Bible for if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord is the word homologio. It simply means, that's in the original language of the New Testament, it simply means to speak the same thing or to say the same thing about. Confession expresses itself in agreement. Confession expresses itself in accord. Confession expresses itself in confession. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The reason some people don't get cleansed is they don't say the same thing about sin as what God is saying about it. But when you name it the same as he sees it, you can find forgiveness for any sin that has taken place in your life, past, present, or future. Confession means uh, um, declaration. Confession means praise. And as we praise and worship the Lord this morning, as the band has used their gift of music to help us, we have brought a good confession. Now let me talk about two extremes for a moment. Firstly, humanistic confession. We don't have time to deal with this in detail this morning. Simply to say, friends, that it has become uh, uh, something that has been very strong in elements of the Christian church, certainly in post-war years. It, in its extreme, dethrones God and puts man in charge. It makes God a puppet figure at the behest of the so-called confession of people's lives. It becomes formulaic. It becomes a contract and not a relationship. I don't have time to talk this morning about prelapsarianism, and you wouldn't want me to, but the reality is that underneath all this is a theology. And the sad thing, friends, is that the only apologetic these people have when it doesn't work out is you didn't have enough faith. God save us, friends, from living there in Arena Church. The other side of it is fatalistic confession, which is a disease of the British church. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. We're going to glory. Well, it's better than Wembley. And uh, and, Que sera, sera. By the way, in terms of just while I'm there, this is a digression. Um, while we're there, you know, I, I was, uh, it's been quite a couple of weeks, isn't it, in the nation, and Christians mentioned rain uh, and believing for sunshine, and uh, the weather certainly not cheered us up. Uh, that said, when it was pouring a rain yesterday, I'm reminded that rain in the scriptures often speaks of renewal and even revival, and God can flood the dry places in a moment in the power of his spirit. And then, of course, on Monday night, we're hoping to be cheered up because we were going to be Iceland, weren't we? And... Uh, Bobby Charlton was interviewed uh, the day after. Bobby Charlton is the member of our World Cup winning team. We did actually win the World Cup. And I am so old, I was alive when it happened. I was 11. <clears throat> and uh, somebody said to Bobby Charlton, uh, do you think you would have beat this team? He says, yeah, 1-0. And uh, the commentator says, only 1-0. He says, well, we are all 70-odd, you know. <laughs> 
And we all want Iceland to beat France today. If you've got any French extraction and you're offended by that, please see Christian afterwards. (laughs) Fatalistic confession. How many times, friends, has somebody got a great pumped up prayer and then they've completely deflated it by, if it be your will. The reality is that the reality is everything ought to be in God's will and we ought to be finding more of God's will so that we can pray more passionately. But I want to tell you that when you pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that is God's will. We don't have to underscore it. We don't have to take away from it. So we need to be careful, friends, because often we can criticize the humanistic confession of faith, but often we've been guilty of settling for the ordinary the mediocre and the stale and not pressed into what God has got for our lives. Where sometimes people have come pumped and ready to go for God and the cynic in the church has taken the blessing from them in a moment saying, it'll never work. We've tried that before. We live by faith. We live by a positive, true confession. There's a balance, friends. And our passion in this series is that we'd absolutely find it. You see, we confess when things are brilliant, but as we understand joy, we can confess when things aren't so good. The great Matt Redmond song that's become uh, uh, embedded within the Christian church in recent years, that when the sun is shining down on me and the world's all as it should be, blessed be your name. But when I'm found in a desert place, I can still bless the Lord, friends, Because maybe that's that season that you've been going through where God's preparing you for the bottle to spill out and to touch hundreds of lives because of that situation that you didn't fully understand at the time, but you made a good confession of faith and God is bringing you through to a greater purpose and destiny. Now, how can I illustrate this? Well, as preachers, when you're getting a message ready, there's all sorts of things that rumble through your mind. And, of course, sometimes you get writer's block. In other words, you sat there for two or three hours and nothing happens. And uh, I've understood, friends, that actually something has happened. You've sowed into it. You've, you've got three hours nearer to where you need to be, even when sometimes something doesn't seem to happen. And a few months ago, somebody sent this book through the post to me. I don't know who sent it. I've got a idea, but the thing is, they, it was in one of those uh, uh, sort of padded envelopes. There was a little bit of a note in it. And then they signed it, and the worst doctor's signature that you could find would be proud of this. I haven't got a clue who sent it. I have to confess, I I flipped through it very briefly, and then I put it on the shelf. But this week, it's amazing how your mind thinks. I thought, where's that little blue book on confessions? It just came to me, and uh, here it is. I found it. And what this pastor has done, a Canadian pastor, is he's taken every one of the Psalms, He's read them, and then he's brought a good confession out of each of the Psalms. Let me illustrate it to you. Psalm 1, I'm a tree that's planted by the rivers of the living water. Psalm 2, I'm a child of the king, and no enemy can stand against me. Psalm 3, I'm shielded and protected and sustained by the Lord. Psalm 4, I will sleep in peace. Psalm 5, the Lord surrounds me with favor. He's bringing a confession as he reads the Psalms. Brilliant. And then what about these uh, changing times that we live in? It may be that um, you've stopped reading, watching the news. It may be that, you know, you're thinking, what is going off? 
uh, in our nation at this particular time. And we need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for those in authority. And we need to pray that God will be doing something in these days. The verse in Hebrews chapter 12 has struck me very strongly in recent times that God says that he will shake everything that can be shaken so that what cannot be shaken can remain and we are receiving his kingdom. And the kingdom of God, friends, cannot be shaken. It endures for generation to generation and that's part of what we express in the life of the church. But regarding positive confession, it may be that you are concerned about the instabilities in our nation, Psalm 55, 22. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will, he will never let the righteous be shaken. How do we confess that? Lord, we thank you that we can confess our, uh, our, and, and cast our cares upon you. That Lord, we're part of your kingdom and that you will cause your kingdom never to be shaken. It may be that you feel overwhelmed by a challenge of life at this time. The Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Lord, I thank you today that even though I'm facing challenges this week, greater is he that's in me, God in me, than he that is in the world. I will prevail. I will triumph. I will press through. And then, Lord, I'm needing guidance. And we all need guidance at times. Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in my ways and the ways you should go. I will guide you with my loving eye upon you. I confess this morning over people in this church, maybe guidance regarding a new job, maybe guidance of moving house, maybe even guidance about being part of this community in this time. I confess this morning that God has promised to lead you and instruct you in the way that you should go and that his loving eyes upon you to make sure that in this season you walk in his will. You can see what a difference this makes when we start to bring powerful positive confession on the authority of the word into our lives. And maybe some of you have never lived there. And maybe you need to press through into starting to make it a habit. Most habits seem unnatural when we start them, and then the habitual becomes the natural. And maybe you need to look in that mirror tomorrow morning and find a verse in the Bible and make a good confession over your life for tomorrow. And believe that God will do something. Parents, start making great confessions over your kids. That they're not going to go waywards. That they're not going to become prodigal. That they're not going to get it wrong. But they're going to be awesome in the hands of God. Apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. Raised up from this generation downstairs. Out of the confession of their parents that are believing great things in Jesus' name. And if you've got an errant son or daughter this morning that breaks your heart. How about bringing a confession that God's going to bring them all. That God's going to restore. That God's married to the backslider. In Jesus' name. The confessional promises of God, friends, challenge our faith. They comfort in need and they counter the work of the enemy. Psalm, uh, Ephesians 6.18 says, take the sword of the Spirit. The word, the word for word there is not logos, it's rhema. I think people go right up a theological gum tree regarding trying to bring distinguishment to those words. You need a rhema for everything. No, you don't. You need the logos. But the rhema is a specific word for a specific situation, often in warfare, often when the enemy accuses, often when he seeks to drag down. God brings a word to your heart. You speak it back out. It's the sword of the Spirit that brings victory in Jesus' name. So as we close, back to the text. Psalm 10, 
Sorry, Romans 10, 10 to 13. Three things about confession. Number one, the challenge of the confession. It says, if you, verse 9, if you. It's a call this morning for you to make the step of faith. For you to taste and see that the Lord is God. For you to stop counting the cost and to step into the greatest adventure that you could ever experience in your life. And it's Jesus And this morning, friends, that may be a young person, but it may be somebody in your 60s, 70s, even 80s, and somehow life's passed you by, and you've never realized, you've never seen that Jesus loves you, that he's got a plan for you. You may be there this morning saying, well, it's too late, I'm finished. It's not too late. Today's the day of salvation. The challenge of confession, friends, is is always individual. As someone once says, God's got no grandchildren in heaven. We all have to call upon the name of the Lord. I read recently where somebody said, stop making excuses and start making changes. And today, you can make a commitment, a confession, personally, individually, that Jesus is going to be your friend and saviour and it will change you forever. Leap over the barriers of unbelief into the wide open spaces of God's purpose. Number two, the clarity of confession. The clarity of your confession is not to a pastor, and if I can say it respectfully, not to a priest. But the confession that you need to bring is that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. He not might be Lord, he is Lord. One day every tongue will confess and every knee will bow that Jesus Christ is Lord. But we're not waiting for him to be Lord, he is Lord. And the heart cry of the early church in the face of Caesar claiming to be Lord would be that they would cry out to God, Jesus, you are Lord. Read the end of Hebrews chapter 11. Many of them paid the ultimate price for that confession, but nothing took away from them their emphatic statement of the lordship of Jesus. And when we confess Jesus, friends, as Lord, he draws us into all that he is and all that he does. The band leaders in a great song that says that we believe. And we believe that Jesus was born of a virgin birth. We believe that he lived a sinless life. We believe that he died upon the cross for the sins of the world. We believe that he rose the third day. We believe that he ascended back to glory. We believe that he poured out the Holy Spirit into the earth. We believe that he's working today as an intercessor, as an advocate, as a mediator in his heavenly ministry. We believe that one day Jesus Christ is coming back to the earth. And we believe that Jesus is Lord. And if you wonder why we get pumped this morning, it's because we believe it. We believe it. As long as we have breath, friends, in the leadership of this church, we're going to confess continually that Jesus is Lord. Over Ilkeston, Jesus is Lord. Over Mansfield, Jesus is Lord. Over the M1 corridor, Jesus is Lord. As Pastor John preaches in Manchester today, Jesus is Lord. Over our nation in a state of flux, Jesus is Lord. As we watch the radio and the TV and see again more killings today in the Middle East, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And out of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can see the correlation and connection there between heart and mouth. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your hearts that God hath raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So thirdly, the compass of confession. Not speaking there about direction, but of scope and reach. Because we've read that everyone, Everyone 
who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. No favorites, no church pets, no cliques, no elites. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Prime ministers and presidents need to call upon the name of the Lord. Royalty and aristocracy need to call upon the name of the Lord. Multi-billion pound successful entrepreneurs need to call upon the name of the Lord. People with no home and no money and seemingly no hope need to call upon the name of the Lord. And everybody else in the range between are drawn into this amazing truth that if we call on the name of the Lord, we'll be saved. And so baptism today, in a few moments, we're going to lead four people through baptism. I want to encourage them. They're going to share a little bit of their confession. They're not preachers. Baptism's not about a theological degree. It's about a beginning of faith. So I encourage them. Be with them. We're so proud of every one of them that are getting baptized this morning. And you'll hear Paul and Andy, as elders of our church, as they baptize them, say these words. On the confession of your faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism this morning is simply a public outward expression of a confession that Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Savior. There's nothing magical in the waters. It's not an initiation rite. But it's something, friends, that has been like a thread through the church for 2,000 years. When Peter called out to people to repent in Acts chapter 2, that day, 3,000 people got saved. In the dark ages of the church, friends, when it seemed there was only a remnant left, people were getting baptized. And in revivals, people are getting baptized. We were at, we were at Life Church Bradford for their baptism, uh, for, for our, conf- our National Assemblies of God conference this year. The following Sunday, in a local church, 80, 80 people being baptized. God's doing something. God's doing, I tell you, friends, God's doing something in the nation. And it's reflected in baptisms. It reflects new life, the confession of Jesus as Lord. And this morning, as, as uh, Corey and James and Jen and Imogen are baptized, we confess to heaven that Jesus is Lord. We confess to the church that they become part of his family. We confess to the old life as they go under the water that we're dead to it. And we confess to the enemy that these people belong to God and are his forever. So may all of us, friends, whether we've been Christians just a few weeks or many, many years, enter freshly with balance into the power and blessing of a good confession over our lives. If you've never made it for the first time, if you confess Jesus is Lord, And believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead. You'll be saved, Christian. Amen. I wonder if you'd just allow me just a moment of prayer. I wonder if we could just bow our heads before we were going to invite the guys to come.